Hey, I'm Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. And you're listening to Box Number 512 Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. Changing your world one conversation at a time. The show begins now. Welcome to another installment of Box Number Five's whole podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. I am Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. So let's start with updates. Um, I'll go first. I had a lighter weekend this weekend. Uh, I was able to relax a little more. My, um, I don't think I worked that much this weekend. My load was a little bit lighter. Um... I was a, I ordered some oils from the body shop. So I was able to burn my oils and just um, relax. I was healing. Yeah, relax and chill. And I just, uh, oh, I got to vote last Tuesday, Miss Thing. Like I said, like I've said before in this podcast, I, my first time voting was to elect Obama in 2008. And since then, I voted in Maryland, and I've also voted in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I've never had to stand in line to vote in either of those states for more than like fifteen to twenty minutes. Even during like, like even during Obama, when Obama was running that time. No, like the that time I voted at the rec center by my house, and literally just walked in actually that election was the first time that maryland used like electronic voting mm-hmm. so that was my experience and it was literally walk in vote do my thing and walk out and when i moved to chicago i li- i voted in i live mo- many places in chicago but the two times that i voted not for the presidential election but like for like their mayoral election and other elections that they had Mm-hmm. It was very much a one-two in and out situation, bitch. Here in Virginia, now the actual process of voting took no more than ten minutes. Waiting in the line was like literally two hours. Yes, ma'am. And I'm like, oh my, like I've never experienced. And I know it wasn't bad, like folks in Atlanta that were waiting in line for like eight to ten hours, which is absurd. Yeah. But it's just like we you like you should not have to wait in line that long for like a ten to fifteen minute process. And the See, way is is you have such a different experience in that than me. But go ahead, I'll let you finish your thing. Yeah, it's just like the way that like the way that conservatives are really trying to suppress the vote. Like it's just it's ridiculous to me. But Mm-hmm. On a on a positive note, I'm happy that I was able to vote. I'm happy that I did what I could. I'm happy to see all of the people around the country that are voting early. Um, we are shattering records. We are brick, and you know, I I'm happy on the one end about that. I'm also happy that I don't have to vote on election day because I'm really concerned because I don't know what is going to what it's going to give, especially with folks waiting in line on election day and people are getting very violent, people are making threats. So mm-hmm. I'm very vigilant that on election day we don't know what's gonna happen. 
So I am happy that I was able to get out there and vote and do my thing. But we we have a lot at stake in, the, in this election. Um, but yeah, I'm yeah I'm just I'm just happy I was able to vote. I had a lighter weekend, um, and I, I just am trying to have more fun with my work because um, every every week is something new that I have to respond to at my job. But I'm just trying to have fun at my work. I've I've been at my job for a month. It doesn't even feel like I've been there for a month at this point. What is it? So uh, one month in till you work in your civil right attorney job as a as a as a new lawyer, what is it like? Um, it's like it's it's like what I've been doing in law school. It's just. It's just a lot of me. It's a lot of meetings. It's a lot of meetings. It's a lot of writing and research. But I think I was nervous because I didn't know if I, if I had had done enough or had the skill set to, to really step into the job and perform. But actually doing it at this point for a month is, is things that I've done before in my previous job. So, and I. I feel like with my coworkers or the people that I work with, I'm in constant communication with them. I'm able to, isn't I don't feel like, even though I'm working from home, I don't feel like I'm by myself. I feel like if I need to ask a question or if I need to talk or I just need to follow up, like I feel like the people I work with create the space to make me feel comfortable to talk to them. So everything is going okay for now. It's, it's not even... Um, the work it's the administration and the crazy stuff that they are doing and the fallout from this election because all of those things impact my work and mm-hmm. the type of cases that i work on so you know that that that's the thing that has been overwhelming but it hasn't been like the work or the um people per se but yeah i'm a month in but i i knew this job i knew this year was going to go by fast like i know it's going to go by fast so i'm just trying to take all of the, of the little moments in and just make the most of the moment and just, you know, recognize that you know, I'm in, I'm in a really, really, really good position. So just try to, so I just want to try to soak everything in. Yes. Well, I, I think that's amazing, sis. I think that's amazing. Um, um, I, well, one more follow-up question. Do you think that, um, do you think that you, cause I know a lot of my, a lot of people that I know that went to, into firms, like the actual, that went into like those big firms, they're miserable, like, <laughs> or at least they were when they first got out of law school, I guess, because of the way they distribute work in, in those big firms or whatever. But, um, I, I love that you enjoy you, you, cause I think it's important. I think your story is important of being an attorney fresh out of school and like you don't feel you don't feel overwhelmed you don't feel unsupported you don't feel lost in a big cog of a wheel and I think that's just a testament to your um to your choices you make good choices for yourself and your lifestyle do you think that you would be do, do you do you do you I guess do you have no regrets about not choosing to go with a bigger firm or you know try to do a different type of law well, I don't even think the firm thing was going to happen for me only because of my uh, personality and my personal politic. And I just don't think I would fit into a firm. And I feel like people that go to firms, it's a certain game that you have to play that I'm just not willing to play. 
because I don't want to be the girl that's miserable or the girl that feels like she has to put on an interview wig or, you, you know, I just don't, that like, and there's no shade to people that that works for them. But for me, that never, you, to me, you have to kind of like, accept a level of like like placating to whiteness that i'm just not willing to do i feel you i'm just not well and you know it's no shade to people that can play that game booger i'm not going i don't care how much money you paying me i'm just not going to play like i need to be in a work environment where i can be black as fuck queer as fuck trans as fuck and just have the space just to do me and to have my politics and not have not be told that I can't express certain opinions because it makes Karen um, uncomfortable or or make or make Karen feel bad because she has her Trump 2020 pen on the desk and I'm looking at her sideways and I'm you know I you know that that doesn't work for me and it's a lot of that like anti-blackness in that world and you have a lot of people that do um, diversity and inclusion work that I think are amazing and think that I think are fabulous but I know that that's not my playing field and I, you know, I respect. I I respect that everything is not for everybody. It's like that the truth? You gotta learn to go to where the people live for you, and the people just don't live for me in the big law world, and that's okay. That's all right. Exactly, because what matters is you go where you you, you go where you go where there's gonna be love served. Right, <laughs> right. Well, thank you for sharing that, sis. So I'm gonna give you my update on my week, or you guys, my update. Um. My, my week was okay. I have a tooth that has been bothering the hell out of me. And so I went to the dentist and I found out that I have to go to microsurgery on Thursday. So I'm a little nervous about that. Um, I just happen to have the, the kind of genes where despite my best efforts, it looks like I'm going to lose these bitches. <laughs> and I'm doing the best I can with crowns and all kind of other procedures to save my back teeth, girl, because I don't know what's going on, but they are really bothering me. And I know there are people out there that know what a toothache feels like, honey. Mm-hmm. And bitch, it is a life-changing experience. Um, so I have to get some work done. So I'm nervous about that. So that's something that's coming up. I was I was actually um, a bit nervous about today because yesterday it was really hard to talk, um, especially because they did like a deep cleaning. After they did the other stuff, they did like a deep cleaning. And I don't know why, what possessed them to do it in the same visit, bitch. But before I had the actual finishing procedure, because it really exacerbated my tooth in a terrible way. So I was in a lot of pain, but God is good. I feel better, at least today, with a lot of ore gel jammed in it. So <laughs> so I feel okay. Um, other than that, my week has been okay. Um, I my my other podcast that I do for myself, the Lion That Still Lives podcast, we re-premiered an episode. So for those of you who want to check it out, I had to consolidate my platforms. I actually had a backup for the my main Facebook page. And long story short, I ended up having to consolidate all that shit. And it was it took a minute and I had to download the videos and then re-uploaded them. But I decided to do Uh, my first inaugural episode with Troy Kennedy as a um, premiere and I was able to get a lot of good feedback and it's just it's it's powerful when you know 
that people are impressed by something that you're doing, not just the first time, but also when it's redone. I think people were able to get a little more context out of the conversation. And so shout out to Troy for allowing, for feeling comfortable to let that premiere, even though I could have just did it on my own. I did ask him and he was very supportive. So I want to give him that thanks. And, you know, it's just one of those things like, as I'm doing this process more, I'm realizing the power that you and I both have, Brianna, and the need for us to um, really be protective of that space and to like, like, be my mom. I'm actually more conscious now about the things that I say in and out of the world. Um, this week wise, like I voted last week, but like, as Brianna mentioned earlier, um, the voting here in Georgia is eight to 10 hours in some precincts. And unfortunately, most of those precincts are in the black community. So there are ways. And I was going to say earlier, when you were talking about Virginia, welcome to the deep South bitch. <laughs> Cause the way they running it down here, there's all these little minor things like the computer cutting off every 30 minutes. Like literally they would have blackouts where they couldn't run the system every 30 minutes here. And that's what contributes to the, to the, to the, to the lines. And, you know, no one can explain it. And even when the people at the polls have contacted tech and support, there's no real feedback. And a lot of people are, you know, there are some people that have the capacity to wait 10 line, 10 hours in line, but who, but most people that are working don't really have that kind of capacity so a lot of folks are having to get out of line. And unfortunately, I do think that that will cause some some slowdown in numbers in certain places. But I will say this, my people are persistent. And by and large, most people are waiting in those crazy long ass lines. Like when we drive past pro voting precincts, it is like, you would think it's a concert. Now that makes me nervous for the COVID numbers. <laughs> I was all nervous about that too, girl, because I'm like, bitch, am I sick, girl? Because it's been so long since I've been around that many people. Yes, and that was very much what it gave. Like, I was so scared because even when I went, I went on the second day of early voting here, and it was so many people in line that we left the, we were standing around so many people in such a closed in space at the first precinct that I literally had to be like, Tia, I can't do this. I got to get out of here. Like, we got to go someplace else. Like, this is insane. Like, no shade. I feel like when I, now when I get around people, like, I feel sick. Like, yes. I, like I feel like I I feel like I need to rest because like I guess my body is not used to being around because it's been so long, right? And you know your your immune system also adjusts and like just the regular germs that you probably are exposed to on a regular basis that your body is used to defending off. Well, we've been in the side now. So then some of the shit, it's like, it always, and then not to mention just the anxiety and the psychosomatic symptoms of you having extreme anxiety around people. It is spiritually draining. And sometimes you, it can make you feel sick. And I agree with you. Every time I've gone to different places, it's really a gag for me. So yeah, this week has been interesting. It's been an interesting week. And, and, number, and COVID numbers are starting to spike up again. Bitch. And particularly when they do it by zip codes and areas, I am in the, like a peak spot. And like, there's a, there is a um, a little club up the street from my house. And it, the, it be packed so hard, sis, like to the point where it's packed than it's ever been, even pre-COVID. Like this particular place has, it's like one of these little like hole in the wall, kind of like bar club joints and, um, you know, known for their crab legs and wings. And it, it no shade, like 
before COVID, it was changing hands a lot, like owners, because it was hard to keep a clientele in there. But now, since COVID, oh, honey, it is packed all the time. That parking lot is packed out. And I'm like, and that space is not big. And I've been in there before, like pre-COVID. And it's always like, even with, even with them not having like a lot of people in there, you could see how it could get crowded really fast just because of how it's set up. So I can't imagine with a full, full, big ass parking lot full of folks and I can hear the music bumping from the outside and you can see the bodies dancing through the slightly tender windows, bitch. And it's like, girl, this is going to be a mess. And so I just pray for everybody in COVID. And for those of you who are taking the risk, risk the vote. How about that? If we're going to take a risk, let it be the vote and not to be just in the club checking our ass because these people, and we'll have to get more into this when we talk about these plans and all of these, these people don't care about us. And we have to remember. <laughs> <laughs> these people don't give a fuck. Honey. They don't. They really, they really don't. And y'all sitting here playing fucking games exactly. with, with everybody's life behind making, we, we'll get to it, but. Yes, but I'm done, girl. That was my, that was my little week, honey. Just y'all be careful and y'all pray for me about this too, honey. So but before we get into the topic, um, I, w- I was able to watch your interview with Troy. I thought that was a good interview with Troy. Um, I particularly like how he he coined the term the loop. Yes, or that loop. Mobius loop. Yes, I like how he coined that term. But no, that was a, re- and I, I really like how you were able to really walk him through everything and just get what needed what was needed to be said out and then moved on to the next thing. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of these men, particularly men in general, uh, I find that in a lot of interview situations, because women aren't socialized to challenge them, a lot of a lot of times they'll say shit, and then there won't be enough follow up questions to really unpack the bullshit. And because I know Troy personally, I felt comfortable to really be able to go in. And so I'm actually impressed with that interview too. I actually rewatched it last night, and I was like, okay, Samaya, like you kind of did that. That was kind of cool because. That that could have went a different way, but I insisted right. on holding him to the task, and it wasn't with another fluff piece, and that's what I'm happy about. Right. So, no, I like the interview. Also, I got to watch the, um, have you seen the 40-year-old version? I have. Okay, what are your uh, thoughts? <laughs> I really enjoyed the movie. I really liked it. I really, 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 I, first, I liked that it was in black and white. I liked that the lead was this black, heavy set woman. Um, I don't know. I just, I liked how, I liked how, like, it was like, it it was, it was a love story, but it was more of a love story about herself. And like, mm-hmm. she, and like, it wasn't like, oh, I need to have a man. It's just like, she, she met this guy, she made a connection. And because of that connection. And he was like 26 and she's in her 40. She's 40. Right. Yeah. I just, yeah. I really liked her interaction with the guy because it 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 triggered like in a good way like memories of like it it triggered memories like of a certain type of trade that you interact with but like the whole time like they be watching you but they be really like downbeat or like they don't give you much but the you whole- know what? I could identify with that too, sis. It was kind of interesting to see that dynamic of because you could easily perceive a certain type of trait as rude or don't or not really into you or like because he don't really because they're not the most verbal. And, not you know, right. Of, 
And a lot of black men have been not encouraged to be very verbal, particularly and vulnerable with women. So I found it very interesting because he, you wouldn't, I don't think she, I think at first she thought he didn't like her. Right. And then when he finally like asked her out, I think it was like that genuine kind of that moment we've all had like, oh. Or I just like the moments where when she had came back to the house after she came there the first time. And he was like, you, he was like, you wasn't waiting on the train that long. You you was waiting t- um ten minutes, and you went into the corner store and bought a bag of onions. Like, and then the clip of just him watching her, and then like the more they interacted, the more he opened up, and like I just like how he, and it reminds me so much of tr- um l- like pieces of trade that I've interacted with that I've had experiences with, and it's just like the whole time they've been like like they see you. Like yeah. they see through you to see like the person that you are, and then I like the the scene where it was like the day after they had sex, and they were just sitting in the bed talking. He was like, "Why you wear that head wrap on you?" Like, well, yes, girl, that why you wear the head wrap? She had to say, "I don't know." It's like a comfort thing, right? She, yes, girl, yeah. And it took me back. The guy, one of the guys. So after I came out of chemo, I started was talking to this one guy, and he kind of gave me that vibe. And I remember one time we were just hanging out, laying in that bed. And he was oh. like, do you cook? Because, like, I don't ever smell no food, like, or no aromas when I come in here. And I'm just wondering, like, why you don't cook? Like, and it kind of, like, bitch, it reminded me of that. Just how, like, that intimate moment where, you know, their person, like, they feel comfortable with you and their personality is out. And you're just having that interaction. And I really liked how the movie um, was able to capture that. Yeah. So I, let me say, okay, go ahead. I'll let you finish yours and then I give you my thought. Um, um and and over other than that story, I really liked how it is um it, it's a critique on the white gaze and how harmful it is to um black folks that are trying to like break the glass ceiling and in whatever industry they're in and the harmfulness of white people telling you what is and what is not black yeah. and how they're able to create this whole system where they're able to um how they're able to like critique your blackness but insert whiteness and white people into it in a way that makes comf- makes it comfortable and palatable for them but it's also at the same time like literally killing you like yes yes i i enjoyed a lot about the plot myself i really liked i really liked her her personality i like that she wasn't like a performatively film. I like that the dialogue and the way she was talking actually seemed like it was either written by her or somebody that understands her the way she be as a woman. It didn't feel like at all like it, she was um, reading a script. It really seemed like some of those scenes, it almost was like they kind of improv and maybe gave like a loose scenario and then let the character kind of like be this woman. And I really respected that. Um, I really liked her relationship with the children. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that she could identify the queerness in that one aggressive girl and like and like she wasn't and like how even when the girl was at her most disrespectful like it takes a special kind of personality to deal with these kids nowadays <laughs> and like just the like just the I remember some of those strong 
um, female personalities that I grew up with in school, the strong women, the strong girls around me. And I remember how some of those white teachers would like really like make it. And this girl is just simply stating her opinion, but because in society, it's almost like these white people want to prepare these black children to know to shut the fuck up when white people are around. I feel like a lot of their boy, a lot of times we weren't given an opportunity, um, as children, I mean, even to really give our voices, to have our voices heard. So I like that she was a teacher that let them have voices and opinions and disagreements or whatever. Because I feel like as a teacher, if you're not engaging with your students the way you know what they think about things, then you really are missing the way to really reach them as a teacher. And that's why a lot of people don't complete school. And it's not because they're not brilliant or smart. It's because they didn't have teachers like this lady that was willing to go the extra mile to make sure you come back to class. You see what I'm saying? Right. Um, I liked, I, I found it also, I love that they, the comedy of like, cause I've been around um, high school students. I had the pleasure of teaching high school students before. And um, interestingly enough, I love that they talked about how, you know, as a teacher, as a woman, you're constantly dealing with their sexuality too. And their misplaced little puppy love for you. And like how she had to navigate that as a teacher. I feel like that was healthy to show because we know in society, it's a lot of teachers falling into it, bitch, and having to go to prison. So I like that she was. (laughs) (laughs) I like that she was able to like, like how that little boy kept putting his arm around her and she was pushing him off or like how that lesbian girl just worshiped her. (laughs) She was just like, but she kept it. She didn't make anybody feel bad, but she knew how to handle it without like, calling a sexual harassment complaint into the principal, you know, like, I love, I like that she understood that these kids are just growing up and trying to find themselves. And I love that she included them in her life. Like when she invited them to the play. Um, now my critique of it was, <clears throat> I do, I, I appreciate the way that they showed her wrestling with the white gaze, but just like, there was a part of me that was like, girl, like I wanted to shake her like, bitch, like, like especially when she was so hard on herself for that play at the end i was just like why are you in the bathroom why are you drunk why are you giving that because at the end of the day you signed up for this and you got paces so like let's carry this out and like you know like i was thinking about that too but i think it would have been too perfect if she would have just like went in there before they did the play and you know like let's end it or let's do this like that would have been too like it would have been too like wrapped up in a bow i agree but then i also didn't like how they how they had her go on stage and like basically shit on her own project bitch and like i just i don't know and i'm so glad that they gave me that her little gay bff the asian guy i'm so glad he quit and she fired him at the same time because i was like bitch if i was her age <laughs> especially he having the jiggle balls and shit right, right. <laughs> like i would have been very heated at you bitch for like putting me in this situation where i'm giving you what you say you wanted and now on the day of bitch after it's over and you've gotten a standing ovation, you shit on it because it's but it's not what you feel like you should have did inside. Like we could have, there were times where we could have pulled out of this list. Like that, like don't have me out here crazy. So I do. I, I was a little frustrated with the character there, and I did feel like maybe there was a couple of pacing issues. Um, not not just just me as a as a somebody that like watches a lot of movies and pays attention to plots and storylines and arcs of stories. I did feel like they could have there was a bit of like 
I guess maybe they wanted you to kind of feel like the mundaneness of her life. But there was a lot of just unnecessary walking down the street. <laughs> you know, like, I feel like some of that could have been sped up a little bit. But overall, it was a good, really good movie. And it really showcased what I think is authentic to the Black experience, that there is no crystal staircase. There's no pat endings. Like, we knew when she was walking down the street and he bought her that bag of Funyuns. I was like, that's cute. But sis, you're going to get tired of that. Like, <laughs> I, think, I think it was important to show that, like, sometimes, like, affectionate intimacy it don't have to be this heavy um like bitch i want to spend the the rest of my sometimes it's just a moment to get you to the next right and that relationship very much gave moment tease because i there's a part of me that lived for the fact that he was 26 but i was like sis you communicate and at, at such a high level that you're gonna it's cute for now but that might actually that's gonna frustrate the fuck out of you that he you know he tosses you a bag of Funyuns and walks ahead of you and you kind of feel good about it. <laughs> like, girl, it's like, girl, have fun. Get your beats. Get your Funyuns. Get your pussy ate by this young boy. You still got it. And you know, and he was fine. Um, and get your life. But no, she 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 directed the movie. She wrote the movie and she started. Oh, that, that explains so much about her having that voice girl yeah and she's an actual playwright and then after i watched the movie so when the george floyd stuff happened it was literally like a watershed moment for racism in every industry and then there was an uproaring in the theater community because like what she documented in that movie like that really happens and bitch the new york times had did a story where they interviewed 40 different um, black playwrights and they all recounted their story with racism in the um, theater industry. Oh and wow! Like, I can't they, wait. By, by story number twenty three, girl, I was like, I gotta step away because it's just it's too, it's too much. It's like and like not like slight racism, like blatant ra- racism. Like you know, I didn't. Is this really a black story? Or I didn't know that. I thought it was going to be more like. Um, more horrible than this like nobody would want to watch this or um or saying that or having plays where the black person purposely wrote it for black characters and then by the end of the play all of the characters are white or they say oh we couldn't find any black actresses in new york fucking city bitch Oh, yes, ma'am. And, you know, I think that's interesting because it really talks about how behind the scenes, even though in front of the camera, the racism is more, it's not on his face. It's more of an erasure. It's more of an erasure on on, on the on the hour end as we view these things. But it goes to show how the erasure, the erasure is so intentional because behind the scenes is blatant racism that the playwrights and these other people, the, the behind this, the playwrights and producers are facing. There's blatant racism on, about Black stories and the willingness to tell them. And so what we do get, even if we do get anything, it just goes to show how trick, how filtered it is and how why and how, you know, at a certain point, like you say, it's not considered marketable if it's not considered if you're not considering the white gaze. And right. I think that's what really pissed her off about her, about that play. So for those of you who want to tune in, it's called Forty Year Old Version, V E R S I O N Version. Um, and I think it's a really really good movie if you really want to know what it's like to be a black woman just trying to figure out life. And like, I love that it did not it didn't have any pompacity. It wasn't 
like it didn't feel Hollywood at all. It felt very real. Like the camera was following this black woman around, and I love her sense of humor. And that one, um, the the white man with the with the black girl butt, baby, that that song still <laughs> was really catchy, and I thought that was really funny. So it was just, and I liked her relationship with her BFF that they she had a queer friend and how like as kids and i like the fact that he was asian because i feel like that added another layer yes uh, very much it added another layer of texture and then you know her challenging him on his because he's kind of a um uh, an asian that would probably be perceived as more eurocentric behaving you know what i'm saying or more assimilationist more assimilationist asian that she, minority Yes, but the, how she was able to check him, but then he was able to check her back. Like, how can you check me, bitch, when you need to check yourself because you're not doing what you want to do and I'm as Asian as I'm going to be. Like, even showing how, like, there's no such thing as a defined Asian or a defined Black person, you know? Right. So I thought that was really dope. So this thing, this this movie plays with different themes. So if you guys are interested, it's, again, called 40-Year-Old Version. And what's the name? Do you know the name of the the writer, producer, or actress? Um, Rada Blank. Rada Blank. Shout out to Rada Blank. We really appreciate you. And I, I'm in the show notes. I put the link to the article, um, talking about the racism, the rampant racism, um, that's happening in the, the theater industry. Work, because I want to read that myself. Yeah, girl, you, you might have to read it in parts, girl. <laughs> oh, it will definitely be a part of it because it, it seems like it'll drive me to drink. <laughs> <laughs> So, so preface on the main topic last week ice cube came under fire because the trump administration uh released a tweet congratulating ice cube on helping on him helping them with their platinum plan um which is their agenda for black people so instantly Ice Cube got dragged, um, dragged for hours, and and he got dragged so bad that he he had to do the um, he had to do the apology nigga um, tour on all of the black platforms from his little room, and I was able to I I purposely watched the interview on uh, um what is his name, uh, um, Roland Martin. Shout out to Roland Martin. I, I, I really like his platform. Now, Roland Martin can be intense at times, but I feel like he has the right heart. And I like the fact that he has his own platform and is very for us, by us. And I'm subscribed to him on YouTube, so I, I watch his stuff all the time. And I came into the tail end of the conversation that Ice Cube was in with Alicia Garza, one of the founders of the Black Lives Matter movement. And, but clearly by the end of the conversation, I clear, clearly Ice Cube was on a platform because he wanted to reach out to Black folks because he saw how big the situation has had gotten but in my opinion at the end of the conversation he he still kind of was in his feelings or his ego was bruised because it was like well you know 
you know, I'm just, I still don't understand like why folks are mad because I was just trying to, you know, do something. Right. And it's like, you don't you don't get it you it's like you still you still don't get it so sis, 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 come come in come on in come on in so let me just start by saying what the, the issue that i have with ice cube is is that well and and, and what i want to say well let me let me backtrack a second um, I want to give an, I want to um, piggyback off of what you were saying about Roland Martin. For those of you who want to really, really have a, want really, really see a, a good interview where someone was really holding Ice Cube to task, really asking him pertinent questions, putting him in conversation with individuals who are doing the work on the ground and watching him flounder. Like if you really want to see just how profound his lack of analysis is, and if you really want to get an idea, for those of you who may have had that gut instinct that this isn't right, but you may not be able to articulate why, I think this interview with Roland Martin did a great job of really, really holding him to the fire and making him explain himself. And from that, he is laying bare as someone that did not do the proper uh, research, that does not have the analysis, that does not understand government and how it works in a way to really be anybody's spokesperson. And this is me having the utmost respect for Ice Cube as an as a rapper and, and some of his earlier work, Fuck the Police. I just find it really, really difficult that the Fuck the Police man has become now an agent of the man. And it's just is really interesting because one thing that I think that Roland and the and the show really did showcase was this platinum plan. Um first of all the idea that it was it was really really interesting that ice cube could not see the way that the he's being played the way that the way the rollout of this and how it's happened is designed for the republican party to use him as his, as their face for blackness and to rally as many votes as possible nearing this election I, I, first of all him not even being able to see how that could be possible was very interesting for me i also um Roland, uh, Roland and, the, and the panelists um, talked about how even Ice Cube's contract for Black America borrowed very heavily on the, 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 the platform um, and the policies that were created by the Congressional Black Caucus and other lobbying groups and how his tone in the interview was dismissive and disrespectful of work that has already been done, work that in some cases has already passed through the House and is sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk in the Senate because we know that it's not going to go anywhere. And it was just, it just showed that this is someone that maybe was well-intending originally when he came up with the Black contract for Black America, though it was reductive and uh, borrowed heavily on work from the Congressional Black Caucus. Even, but it, but at least I feel like when he developed the contract for Black America, he might have been well intending. But then this is the big but. I think he lost himself and got really excited that the Trump campaign was willing to call him and probably bigged his head up and told him how much of a leader he was and asked him about his plan and used his name without including any motherfucking thing from his plan in there. So what 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 I what I what that interview really exposed was that he had not even read the platinum plan enough to even know what it said. 
so that because he didn't even understand he didn't he could not grasp that you're putting your name on something you actually going to see them is one thing but you not following up before they made the announcement that you were helping them you not even following up to at least read what the fuck they're saying they putting your name on is really really sad but what i've really realized when i went back and read his contract for black america is even from the way that's written i don't think he would have understood either way uh, I don't think he would have understood, even if he read it, that it would that it was not helpful. Um, the way a lot of these policies are written, particularly by the Republican Party, particularly this platinum plan, is written with the most vagueness of intent. It does not specify anything particularly. And I just really was disappointed that Ice Cube was willing to allow these people to say, you helped us. And you didn't, and they didn't use anything that you said. So now you've really just been played. And your dismissive tone towards other activists and his lack of willingness to collaborate, like, because Roland several times was like, I'm going to put you in contact with this lady, because it was another lady on the panel. Girl, um, he ain't contacting Alicia Garza, bitch. He he's is, not contacting he, Alicia Garza. Sorry, that's her name. contacting her. His ego is bruised. He is embarrassed because... Y'all continue to get in bed with Trump and these Republicans, and then y'all gag when they leave y'all ass out with no resources to manage the <laughs> and the fallout. Like y'all continue, y'all continue to get in bed with these people, knowing they don't give a damn about y'all. And, and when do what? And it's almost like, what does it? What is it going to take for us to realize as the people that? We cannot like the way to actually the way to actually get shit done is to engage with the people that are willing to fucking listen to you. And Trump is not going to ever be willing to listen to you because his platform is based on white nationalism and white supremacy. Right. It's like we're be the thing that kept pissing me off is like, nigga, where have you been in the past four years? This is not this is not no bipartisan. Oh, we can go on both sides of the aisles. They don't give a fuck about working on both sides of the aisles. Like, where, like, have you not been paying? Like, where have you been, girl? That plan gave me. He gave that plan that he can't. His contract, not even a platinum plan. His contract gave that he got high in his little man cave of his room and was smoking blunts or drinking and was sitting with his robe on with his balls out on the computer chair and he typed that plan up himself and I know that he felt real fab that he felt like he did something groundbreaking by coming up with stuff that people have already done or people are on the the ground actually doing the work putting their blood sweat and tears doing the work and you fit like the only reason you got access to the trump administration is not because you are suddenly woke it's because of your legacy as a black entertainer mm -hmm. because they think that that's all we care about as black people as long as you can rap and, and crip walk and all of that they think that that's going to have mind control over us because that works for them because trump is a reality star mm -hmm. and it's his star power that gets these people to vote for him when really they're voting against their own best interests so that like the fact that you can't see that you were used because you were an entertainer and that you're in your feelings bye now for me is he canceled? Did he do anything to get canceled? No, but we're going to key and we're going to drag you and we're going to like show you where you messed up. Now, I don't think that you did anything irredeemable, but I think we are in a point in time 
where we are learning that the black elite and these black celebrities, they are not going to save, like, people that are invested in capitalism, like, that's not going to save us. Throw, throwing, throwing money at us without, like, reorienting or dismantling the systems that take money away from us and keep money out of our homes, that's not going to save us. What, what I think he thought he was doing is he could come up with this contract and go to the table with him and all the other men and everybody put their dicks out on the table and mm-hmm. have a dick measuring contest and that we're supposed to get this contract where they agree to these promises and all will be forgiven. Like, no, like this is not a, a contract, a one-time issue. And I like the quote that Alicia said on the show, um, justice is not, justice is not transactional. It's not a one-time transaction. What we can't do is think that they can agree to this, these one set of things at this one particular time and all is forgiven. Yeah. That's not, that's not how this works. And not, and that one time transaction is not going to free us from the 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 centuries of other shit that we're trying to undo and we're trying to work through. Like Roland Martin really is going to be someone that I might. This might be one of the first like where I'm actually paying for a subscription because I want to support the platform that I think is really centering black policy, black politics, the black the black point of view and doesn't have to necessarily appeal to like in a lot of mainstream ways and he's able to say that's bullshit he's able to call shit out in a way that i don't feel like we'll ever really get on mainstream news even if they had a news show i i there's there's an intentionality in the media behind minimizing the way we say things and i like that he's able to have all of these like on a regular and consistent basis he centers the conversation on black women and black women's voices and the point of view from a lot of these women behind the movement that won't won't even get prime time coverage on these news networks so i i want to give him that shout out for that and particularly you know Roland Martin is an alpha and I have a I have a little soft spot in my heart for them and my husband loves him as a result because my husband is also an alpha and so um I I uh, you know I he's a very much a supporter of Roland so it's something that we it's, it's must see tv for both of us and to be honest he does a regular a regular newscast that I think far in a way centers us in a way that nothing else will. So I just want to give that shout out. But yeah, back to Ice Cube in this conversation. I feel like Ice Cube needs to sit the fuck down. Not because he doesn't have a right to speak, but because when your voice is 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 when your voice is overwhelming the voices of the activists, the political organizations, the funding groups that center black people, and your and your part of your platform is to say that these people ain't doing nothing for us. It is disrespectful and dismissive to the legacies, lives, and works and policies that he has benefited from that these organizations like the Congressional Black Caucus have lobbied for, for him to be so dismissive of their work and to not have consulted anybody before he- Or you can't even, you can't even name folks because you're that ignorant to what is really going on. To the point where he didn't even know who was who. That let me know that he didn't know anything. And so it was just like, and then he, you know, he's like a lot of black men, unfortunately, 
we're, we live in the meme era and memes only give you like these really short talking points. And so he was only able to really regurgitate things that we heard with that you've all, that everyone has seen on Facebook memes and, and Instagram memes. And he wasn't able to really articulate why he feels like we need to not focus with the Democratic Party. Like he was still very shitty towards what the party that we all know in this election is the one that cares about us. Let's not be let's not miss words. The Republicans right now have have Trump as their as their representative. And because he's incompetent and disrespectful and demeaning to the lives of black people that because he has immigrants in cages, because he has de- unbalanced our country's economy, because he did not handle COVID properly, we know that he is not capable of being our president. He doesn't have the capacity of being a good one. So then for the Republican Party to endorse a white nationalist means that they're not for us right now. And we need to be very clear about that. Because I think in the effort of black men to want to like, want to want to try to, and, and, and I understand the logic of a rich man and saying, well, I'm rich, he'll listen to me. I, I understand that logic but that doesn't help any of the rank and file folks. It doesn't help any of the people. Cause if you really were trying to advocate for those people, your fucking plan wouldn't be this ball headed. As I'm reading it now. Girl, <laughs> 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 bitch, as I'm reading it, I'm getting angry because I'm really seeing how empty this thing is. It's, it, like like <laughs> I said, he said, he said balls to the computer chair and typed this up with a blunt hand like at two in the morning. Like that's the vibe, like really patting himself on the back and it's just like, read the room, sir. Read the room. Like, and then I don't like this logic of, well, Democrats ain't do nothing for me. So the alternative is to go and vote and side with Republicans. Like, if you think Democrats aren't doing anything for you, you really think Republicans are going to be any better? Like, come on, y'all. Let I'm- me just give let me just give an example of something from his policy. This is prison reform. Now, this is his idea of prison reform. And and don't get me wrong, uh, these are good ideas in the in 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 the most ball-headed theory but like let's just get into this is his whole platform now this is the this is the contract this is what we're supposed to be agreeing to privately run prisons, a motherfucking thing bitch privately run prisons will be abolished prison labor disallowed without consent and nonviolent offenders incarcerated for 10 years or longer will be freed if good behavior standards are met all prisoners for marijuana possession will be freed first offense for illegal drug use or any requirement will to require what see first offense for illegal drug use or possession to require government payment government payment for entry into an approved drug rehabilitation program rather than imprisonment once a prison center prisoner completes his sending voter rights are restored now nothing in that to me is problematic but it says absolutely fucking nothing thank you and i think that as a people we got to start cutting through the bullshit and if you're going to have a policy that's how you know he knows nothing about how policies are made. This says so many vague statements. Yeah, but I clicked on the sentence like, is it going to take me to something more expensive? No, bitch. That oh, that's it. Sentence. That's the whole policy on prison reform. The beginning and the end, bitch. <laughs> Those four sentences like, are... Can I get a case site, a statue site? A, like, can I get something? Like, and how do you expect this to be done on a state level, on a local? Like, like, what do you mean? Like, do you mean state prisons? Do you mean federal prisons? Like, it nothing is quantified here. 
So what you're actually getting is a bunch of nothing. And I think that's maybe why he felt like Trump's plan might have been okay, because he doesn't, this was written by somebody that's trying to write something that's a bunch of statements that everybody's going to head nod to, but it's going to actually have no teeth. Like a lot of this is not even, even, a lot of this is not even necessarily possible in this lifetime. So then it's like, why am I agreeing to this contract? And it's not that these aren't great ideas, but they're just so vague. I can say I want all prisons to be freed after 10 years, bitch, but that ain't <laughs> that systemically. How are you going to um, unfold something like that? And, to and me, it's not it's not this easy one, two, three step solution. Like it's, it's take for all of that shit. It's it's complex solutions because white supremacy and racism and everything that supports it is complex. So it's not going to be this one two, like it's baked into our culture and our society and law. And, and the idea that you thought by going to a president, you could change everything this deep systemically. From one me, contract. Know, from one contract lets me know that he doesn't know how to engage in the system of politics. Right. This this is not going to be a one-time, it needs to be a cyclical um, thing that happens until it becomes a habit for everybody to not be engaged in anti-blackness and, you know, all the others. And also... I think it's we're in a time where it's exposing that these black elite that are not the like Kanye's, the ice cream, right? Just because you're does not mean you're a representation for black folks. We need to put value on political education and getting people educated, whether you're poor to whether you're wealthy. Like we all have to come to the table to get the same level of political or. Um, education and just because you have money doesn't mean that you get to skip to the head of the line because you have access what good is having access if you're going to these tables and you're putting us in a worse position than we were already in and now you look like you use your access to mislead your people who already look to you as someone that they need to hold up mind you his place in culture has been to challenge the status quo so the idea that he's become the establishment's face the the white nationalist establishments blackface right now is really just goes to show how you can get disconnected from your people you can get so much money that you can no longer relate to the rank and file black people you're advocating for because these pie in the sky theories that you're bringing to these tables with no analysis and no plan are going to get laughed at now i understand after reading this i understand why none of this was included in the other because <laughs> unfortunately this isn't much more substantive either and it's reductive and it borrows from what is probably extremely um substantive plans from the con- congressional black caucus and these other lobbying bodies now i, I want to talk about the lift every voice plan because i want to say because there's a lot of people that would say oh y'all just want everybody to vote democrat because y'all democrat i want to point out i mean it would be nice so we could you know have a chance it would be it would be but at least in this, in, 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 in the economic mobility plan for African-Americans to close the racial and wealth gap, you actually are seeing actual statistics and explaining what they think can happen and how it can impact these statistics. It's actually breaking down, you know, how small business credit 
needs to be used, how all of these different things must work in tandem. It actually has a strategy. And what's really fucked up is there are so many people that just aren't fucking readers that will look at his plan and because they can understand it better, they will say that's the better plan. When in actuality, what the Democratic Party has put forward and what and what the what the um, Biden Harris campaign has pushed forward has and has is a far more deep, detailed, and substantive plan that can be implemented. And I feel like what's really happening here is black people are looking at the prosecutor and the author of the 94 crime bill, and they're saying we want to get vengeance on you, even if it means vengeance against ourselves. And so I'm not going to vote for you. I'm going to vote for Kanye or for Trump in, in spite to try to say I'm trying to be, I'm, a, I'm my own man when you really are proven to be a pawn. Because what matters and what should matter to you is the party that has the most substantive plan to improve your life, the most achievable, measurable plan to, achieve, to improve your, the circumstances of your life. And if you are voting based on a grudge, if you're voting based on a personality, then you're no better than the Trump people who are voting for Trump because he's Trump. And I feel like we got to hold our own people to a, ca a task for trying to dismantle the work of people that have come before them. And there's no way you can look at these plans. If you're a reader, for those readers out there that are actually going to read, there's no way that you're going to look at these plans, the Lift Every Voice plan, the Platinum plan, and this contract for Black America. There's no way you're going to look at these three plans and say, that the Democratic part, the plan that the Biden-Harris plan, the Biden-Harris campaign put forward is going to be the best one. Like if you look at the three and you think which one is the one that's going to be more likely to, to happen, it's going to be the one in this plan. And, I, and to me, even if I wasn't, even if I were going to be unbiased in the situation, I encourage everyone to go and read each one individually and then see which one you think is really And the, just the inherent shade that is called the platinum plan, bitch. Well, you know, that was right for niggas. I mean, that was right because platinum hip hop albums, like the just platinum, the, the brand of condoms, the platinum albums, the platinum jewelry, yeah, like platinum plants, like girl, like they are literally like giving us a menstrual show, bitch. Like, like that's that's what this is. And we're gonna use your fave to do that. If you're not angry about that, that all you should be. You should be angry that that the leadership and then they're avoiding leadership in our community the actual leadership the actual people that have the analysis that have the background that have the education that have the capacity to be able to have these conversations they're avoiding those people and choosing your favorite rapper to be the person that that was the one that they used to influence the plan Fuck the fact that they've been ignoring the entire Black Caucus, the entire activism movement, the entire work that has been done by the people on the ground all four years. He's going to, at the last minute, pick your favorite rapper and probably, and, 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 you know, there's no, this is all alleged, but I believe that there was some backroom talk about him support, you know, like, uh, how you going to support me later? And I feel like from that, because the out of cubes on mouth, I don't care if I'm being used. When he said that, sis, in that Roland Martin interview, it, it, that's where I was done. Mm -hmm. you, when he said, I don't care if I'm being used. Then why the fuck you crying about it if you don't care that you're being, like, sitting the consequence of your poor choice? Don't try, don't try to, care, right? if you don't care, sit, sit in your consequences. And that, and, the, and that's the thing. And 
I'm skeptical of any plan that doesn't specifically talk about uh, black women, black LGBT folks, um, black, like, I'm just skeptical of any any plan because we can't, we can't go, and the fact that you're not, that shows your lack of political education. And you're you're trying and you're trying to be the one and make yourself as this this savant that's going to liberate us and we're not talking about the issues that all of us face. You're acting like them. You is white supremacy and blackface because you're demonstrating that some of us can be um discarded. Right. So you can get your contract signed and you can get your agenda pushed. Like I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed. You should have been called to the mat. I'm glad that you were at least on a black platform where people could see that you did not have the depth to have the conversations and that you that you that you messed up. And instead of sitting in it and saying, I didn't know enough, or I should have connected to the people, or no, I don't know. You doubled down and said, Well, I, I don't know why y'all mad at me or why which is which is which is endemic of black patriarchy as a whole because it's like y'all black men that support that and that are that are um raised in that feel like you can just do whatever you want and be reckless reckless y'all know the stakes in this election you can be reckless and that we the others in the community are just supposed to deal with it and we're not and please know that whether you vote republican that doesn't matter because now we're we're in a situation where you can vote republican when them police roll up on you they don't give a fuck about who you voted for and that you supported trump and that you did all of that. They don't give a fuck about none of that shit. They're going to roll up on you and handle you however they want you. And all of that, that shit is going to go out the door and it's not going to matter. And your vote for Trump is supporting an administration that is actively pushing for police officers to have as much power as they want and to get away with murdering us and disenfranchising us. And they don't care about who you voted for and a, a lot of, and I've, I've been seeing a lot of things well we need to be aware or be concerned for um, black men voting for Trump and how the numbers are going up through um, for each election and I'm not worried about it is it alarming yes because clearly you're vote, uh, voting against your own interests but I'm not alarmed because life circumstance will get them together at some point eventually because you can't you can't um ascend out of your race no matter what? how much you try to buy into white supremacy yes. it will come back to bite you yes one thing i want to point out and this is i'm going to use some of ice cube's words himself now one thing that i will say is that um what we what what people need to see and i think what they can see more plainly with kanye is how he will go and say he's representing black people say he's representing causes in chicago that he cares about but then when it's time to do a press conference or when people critique him it becomes i was the first one to wear louis vuitton bags i was the first one to go and try to get this and that and the third i i i i i And so just using some of Ice Cube's words on October 15th, there's a tweet that I'm going to quote. And I quote, when I got, when I got bus to school, homies called me a sellout. 
when I started rapping in 1983, bangers called me a sellout. When I left NWA, they called me a sellout. When I started doing my movies, rappers called me a sellout. When I started my own league, the arena said it was a sellout and he puts crying emoji. The fact that you think that we're mad at you because you are somewhat, because the fact that you brought all these things up and, to, and that's your credibility is that all of your life you did things that other people felt like was a sellout. So you're going to continue to do things that you think are going to promote yourself. And in return, you think you're going to help other people. Because if this was really about, if Ice Cube's response to this was grounded in something specific, he would be able to give a deeper analysis than, I'm going to just have to be a sellout. Because that is not what we want from you. We don't want you to use your platform. Yes, you may have had people all of your life disparage you, Ice Cube. But what we don't want is for you to make, make it your business to always put yourself against the people that are you say you're representing. And that may work for you as a businessman. And I think that this decision he made worked for him as a businessman, because that's the only thing I can get from this is I see all his business decisions listed and all of the things that people said wasn't beneficial. But what I'm not seeing, like you said, was the same kind of interest. It will be different if he said, when I went to the Congressional Black Caucus and lobbied on Congress in 2016, y'all call me a sellout. When I went and I sat down with the Democratic Party and we came up with substantive policies that went to Congress, y'all called me a sellout. No, no, no. He's not saying any of those things. He's talking about when I left NWA. Like, bitch, that don't have nothing like, to do. That was like 30 years ago. And like, it don't have shit to do with anything related to this fucking election or any of the policies that you're trying to create. What you've actually demonstrated, like the comment right under it, Ice Cube, the, the comment under it says, this is painful, and Ice Cube has no idea what he's talking about. And I just... <laughs> he doesn't. Like you, and you know what the fucked up part is? I know your wife was probably like, nigga, please don't do this shit. Please. Please. Get it and listen. Get it and listen. Please. Because I know, so I know that, and this is goes to show how ego can really, really could really, really blow you. And then, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He's he's even going back and doubling down and saying, I wasn't prepared. I had the plan right here, but I felt like I shouldn't be defending his plan by going point by point. That's on him, not me. Like, no, it is on you if you're saying that this plan matches yours and when we put them side by side, none of the shit you said in yours is his and none of the shit in yours is, is actually even really do, usable anyway. Like, it's not trying to shade him as a man. It's not trying to shade his intent. It's nothing in his policy that is going to come. There's nothing in his policy that I, that made me cringe, but a lot of it is just pie in the sky shit that doesn't, is not connected to reality. Now I do agree with his, um, as an African descendant of slavery, I do agree with his mentality that there needs to be some type of restorative justice or reparations for us. I do believe that. I believe in that wholeheartedly, but this was not the fucking way Ice Cube. Like it really wasn't. And it just really lets us know how much work needs to be done. Now, here's my critique of the Democrats. I do believe that it is a fault and a flaw of the Democratic Party that they have not done enough work to really explain policy to their, to their constituents. It just goes to show how they have not done enough that I, as a regular rank and file person, may not know exactly what they have done for us. So then when an ice cube comes forward and says they ain't done nothing for us, 
it sounds like it could be true because they, I do feel like the Democratic Party in their effort to try to still conduct business at, in, a, in a way that is, uh, I guess, more um, respectable and respectable. Yeah, more establishment focused and respectable. They have, they're not realizing that y'all got to start putting out memes. Y'all got to start right. using the internet. And I have this. I have the same critique of the party, particularly with this election. I feel like I haven't seen Biden and Kamala enough. Girl, where are they? Like, Girl, and more importantly, you. bitch, where is your commercial? Me and Tierra were saying that the other night. Like, where is your commercial, Biden, where you're looking into the camera and saying, "This is what I want to do for Black America. This is what I want to do for Hispanics. This is what I want to do for the community." Like, where's your stump speech, bitch? Like, well, how is it that we this close to the election and your the Trump ads are are the I mean, excuse me, the the Biden Harris ads just show Trump ineptitude and they just play clips of Trump saying dumb shit and then go, don't vote for him, vote for us. Well, Hillary tried that. The, it's either him or me thing and that didn't work for her. It got too close and then the electoral college made a decision for us. Why are you using that same tired ass strategy of, do you want him or do you want me? They're going to want him. They're going to want him because you need to explain to them. You can't just say I'm the solution. You have to explain why. And I don't feel like the Democratic Party has done enough because the idea that an ice cube could even get this kind of airtime lets me know that they haven't done enough. Because really, black, black, black America, if they really were educated on what the Democratic Party has done for them and is continuing to advocate for them, they would not. They would hear ice cube and it would have been a collective chuckle and we would have moved on. But the idea that there are so many people defending him lets me know that there's even intelligent folk who have gone to college, who are smart, that that don't know what the fuck they're talking about, about the party and about what they're voting for. And that's a failing of the Democratic Party. Right. No, the Democratic Party, I, no shade, I can't wait till some of these older people um, pass on so these younger people can take the reins. Like Biden, who is your social media manager? Right. Where's that girl whole, Like, we're going to go high while they go, bitch, fuck that bitch. I, bitch, I need details. Like, we, like, they are not playing a fair game. It, it doesn't, it does, like, this whole respectability of you, you got to be dignified. Girl, fuck that. Fuck that. We need to see we need to see people that's gonna get in, do the work, say what needs to be said, and for damn all this pomp and circumstance. And just because if y'all get in, like I said on the previous episode, we checking y'all because what y'all don't have is defunding the police apart as part of y'all um plan. Come on. And um we're pushing back against all of that. Now, and let's let's also give that to sis, because I can hear someone listening to this conversation that would say, well, y'all aren't actually, so what makes you think that Biden and Harris are going to be the best bet for Black people long term? I don't assume that. I'm assuming, I'm assuming that. It's not just this one and done, wham, bam, thank you, man process. We vote and it's done. Like, we have to change the conversation. There is a battle ahead regardless of who gets Voting is just one tool in the toolbox, and we should always be voting, but voting is only one tool in the toolbox. There's so many other tools that we have to use in order to create the change, and we got to get out of this mindset of just this voting once every four years is going to be the end-all, be-all, and it's all of our problems, and it's not. Yes, there needs to be a more focus on local elections. There needs to be more emphasis on 
us actually learning how to engage in the system of government because the engagement is not just voting. There are different levels of engagement. A lot of people have never contacted a congressman. They don't even know who their congressperson is. And and then that's just so they don't know who their local uh, local house of representative person is. They don't even know their local politics enough that when they get to the voting booth, they can make a, an informed decision. And that's where I say, like I say, I think that I think that there needs to be a greater communication between the Democratic Party up to the people about their policies and what they're doing. Because just you saying that we're not we're it's either us or this guy, bitch. Don't ever put people in that situation. Because if I don't know you and I don't know him, I might make a stupid choice because I don't know what's going on. So don't 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 um, patronize us by just showing how bad Trump is and thinking that that's enough. It's not enough. Hillary tried that tactic and it was not enough. We have to like you as a people to want to get behind you. But on a deeper note, like you said, this fight, sis, is one that is going to have to be ongoing. Yes, we're going to have to stand on Kamala and, Her and Biden's neck. We're going to have to stand on Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's neck. It's go we're going to. But we were going to have to stand on whoever's in the office's neck either way. Because what we do know is, is that we're fighting against something that's bigger than whoever's in the office. We're fighting against white supremacy that has been ingrained in our country since its founding fathers, since its foundation documents. And we have to remember that while this man is about to get in office, he's also going to have the ability to elect over half, over half of the judges that are going to be able to be put and placed in office and those are lifetime appointments and so this is like at least one or two generations that could be negatively affected by trump being put back in office it's bigger than just a plan and i feel like if we think long term see the republicans what i will say is that they have a long-term hustle for that ass they will systematically pass laws to disenfranchise people from being able to register to vote. They will minimize and they will shut down the census and, and, and create arbitrary dates to end it because they don't want too many people to participate. They will do whatever they need to do to get their policies and agendas met. And they don't mind playing low. And what I don't like is that the, that the Democrats, while we all know all of y'all to be politi politicians, and we know politicians can get dirty, we know politics is a dirty game, why are y'all not willing to do anything to defend yourselves? Why are you allowing it to get to this point where black men now are, uh, by, particularly in the South, are, are uh, Trump think he got them in the bag simply because the Democratic Party hasn't done enough to reach out to them. Black women, we're pretty consistent. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that, that whole conversation, I'm not worried about black men being black men because black, like you said, black women are consistent. I'm worried about black men thinking that this is not knowing how much danger that vote is going to put them in. Yes. Like, like all, all fun and games, 50 cent with his bullshit, like all fun and games, you're making a vote that could ultimately end your life. Because like I said before, when them police pull up on you, they're not going to ask you who you voted for. Mm -hmm. So like this, and the fact that, and no shade, it's kind of reminding me, it's kind of like the white lash that happened when Trump got elected. Now we're in a day where black men in our community we're holding black men and black male culture accountable for the ways in which it has harmed um, black women in community and black LGBT, LGBT people in community. And rather than reckon, it, reckon with that and try to become better, 
you're taking it out on everybody at the polls because you don't want to deal with it or you don't want to have to deal with um, the culture changing or you feeling like the culture is moving forward and that you don't have a place in it. So you're, ta you're taking that out at the polls with your vote, not knowing that it is harmful. It, it, what, you're, what you're trying to do to spite us is really spiteful to you as well. Also, I want to say be leery of those that are telling you not to vote because they not vote. Don't vote for either party because they not voting because they protesting. A lot of those people are felons. And they <laughs> and they didn't necessarily have the right to vote anyway. And that's not their fault. And that's why you know that it's the issue because and bitch, have you seen a party that wants to get them their rights to vote? They don't want to vote for. Right. And they tell you not to vote for. And have you seen how many of these black men celebrities are talking about, oh, this is the first time I've ever voted? Nigga, shut the fuck up. Like, what does that say? What does that say? That you have all of your life been a grown-ass man and you're in your 40s and this is the first time Shaquille O'Neal and these other celebrities and this is the first time you've ever fucking deigned to vote and exercise the right and you're bragging like that is something that is exciting. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad you're voting. <laughs> Great idea. Great idea. Great fucking idea. But finally, finally, but let's not act like that was cute. Let's not act like you were doing something special by not voting all this time. It just lets me know that we couldn't count on you when we needed you most. We couldn't count on you. You never weighed in on the subject when, when, when we were voting to try to not have Trump be in the first time. So then it's like really hollow for me to hear all of these people that are privileged millionaires saying this is the first time I voted. Okay, great. That's cute. Congrats. But the rest of us, we don't have the luxury of having millions of dollars and a skill that's going to make millions of dollars to, to, to help us get out of poverty. We're not going to have that. Everybody can't be millionaires. So some of us, the rank and file, we have to play the game. And the idea that you think because you were able to supersede the game that everyone can, when we know that systemic oppression exists, is problematic to me. And it's just indicative of this like, this hero savior complex, this ego that develops when black men in particular get successful. You're doing something that is not common, that is rare in our community. Most of us don't own anything. We don't own anything. You're coming from a community that doesn't own anything and because you feel like you got something, you can look down on the people that are trying to play the game the best they way, the way they know how. And that to me is problematic. And it's reckless as hell because no matter which way this election goes, your rich ass is going to be fine. Fine. You are going to be the ones out here, bitch, struggling. And let's be real. Part of the reason why you're kind of anti-democratic party is because they want to tax your motherfucking ass more. And y'all need to be fucking taxed more because y'all have poor people and middle class people should not be paying more in taxes than wealthy motherfuckers that will still be wealthy after their fucking tax. Girl, it makes no sense. And there's so many systems in this country that are built off of trying to levy taxes off of the poor. And you wonder why none of these systems don't work. Exactly. Exactly. The idea that we have gotten to that place where we don't even want to read, we don't want to educate ourselves, we don't even want to engage, that we become jaded, that because of these, because of us feeling, because of the us feeling like our voices aren't being heard, there's no way the same man that called y'all hoodlums and, and called y'all terrorists and called y'all um, 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 looters 
when y'all are protesting Brianna and George Floyd, there's absolutely no way that that same man gives a fuck about you enough to make sure that it doesn't happen again. You know why? Because he has zero empathy because deep down, we all are descendants of shithole countries and that's his own words. And I need y'all to receive that because too many black people are forgetting that there's only so far you can get with somebody that doesn't think you're human enough to sit at their tables. Period. So if you're going to negotiate with somebody, do you want it to be the white supremacist who refuses to condemn white terrorism? Or do you want to be, do you want to work with the party that is, work with the, work with the campaign that is showing that it's trying to do the best it can, that comes from a party with a legacy of trying to do as best it can to come up with policies that impact the, the larger community, that are trying to tax the wealthiest people in America, that are trying to get those kids out of cages in the, on the border. Let's not forget, it's not just about us either. If we really say we're concerned about the larger human condition, even us as black people, we have to have empathy for those people that are in cages at the border. If this man is elected, they will not have any, any ability to, to change their circumstances. Let's not forget all of these kids that were taken from their parents that are no longer with their people that they came here with for asylum. They came here with their parents for asylum and they're trapped at the border. And y'all worried about you going with this platinum plan, this baby ass platinum plan, or this or this weak ass contract for black America that don't say shit about none of that other, all of the other intersections that skips black women. And it's black, it's black immigrants as well. Right. Let's not forget that there are people that look like us that come from every one of these damn countries that 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 we're trying to say is competing with us for jobs. Like y'all have to get out of your own way and realize that there's no way you're going to get empathy from somebody that don't give a fuck about you. And so who you would rather sit at the table with somebody that don't give a fuck about you or somebody that's at least at trying. I'm not saying they're perfect, but they're trying. That That's all I have for um, Ice Cube, um, Black Men vote for trump at your own expense Mm -hmm. um but you but you you better um know full well what you voting for and you better be ready to accept the consequences of that shout out to um i want to before as we transition off this topic i want to say shout out to blossom i forget her last name um I want to say Giselle, Giselle, something, I'm not sure, but shout out to Blossom. I think it's um, Brown. Blossom Brown. Um, shout out to you, ma'am, for um, your birthday. I want to honor, take a moment to honor you for your birthday. But I also want to shout out to this Black woman that took it upon herself to represent her trans community and put herself at risk by interrupting um, a, a conversation that was being had with Don Lemon and um, some some Democratic folks that was going to completely ignore our rights. And she actually had the courage to stand up and take the mic and loudly proclaim our rights and our, and our, and the fact that we're being ignored and our, we're being killed and no one cares. And I want to just, in this moment where we're talking about politics, she's someone that had to even insert herself in the conversation because they were going to ignore us. And the idea that Ice Cube's plan and, and the Platinum plan, they don't, have, they don't include any of these intersectional communities that are related to Blackness, like Black immigrants, like Black LGBT folk, like Black women, it just, it just goes to show that patriarchy is still alive and well, and we have to rebel against it. So shout out to you, Blossom, for, taking your, for risking your life, limb, and liberty to be a voice for us. Shout out to you, and happy birthday.
Yeah, but that that's that's all um that's all I have for Ice Cube. I I I really want you to do better, but if you're not if you're not willing to do better, then you know, keep your eye on the prize. Um, don't drop the soap. And um, I mean, you, you know, what else can you do? Oh, the only the only folks I'm concerned about are black women, black children, black LG. Like th- that's who I'm choosing. I'm choosing to center the most marginalized among us. Black men, if they they will be they will be fine. They because will be fine. you know why they will be fine because by centering these other groups, we're not decentering them. They ju- we just have to put a face and actually advocate for the people that are getting overlooked. Blackness is not a monolith, and blackness does not require that black men be the one to lead us. Right. We, I have the and because what black men have shown and people that are like Ice Cube and Kanye, oh, they'll shit on us every fucking time, every chance every that they fucking get, and we're still being murdered and we're still being killed, and no one gives a fuck. And black men are not advocating for our lives, our rights, our bodies, our 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 ability to navigate this world unencumbered. They're not advocating for that. But we always always if you look out in the pop, if you look out in the people that were protesting, if you look out in the people that were commenting online, if you look out in the people that are actually voting to support us, it's the minority, it's the other people, it's the black women, it's the black LGBT folk that consistently vote to support black men. And black men in return are not voting to support us. And so I think that by centering the conversation on these minority groups, we're not saying we're not centering black men. We always vote for y'all. And so we just need to make sure we're being heard too. And us voting is voting for y'all black asses. That part, we are consistently putting our lives on the line for you. Consistently. And you aren't doing that in return. Some of you aren't doing that in return. I won't say all, but there is this mentality that, with the only way to freedom is it is when black men get free and it's like no that's not the only way and that's not going to be the way where we're all going to get free because you getting free does not make me make me free and because at the, what i know is you hate me you hate me as a black trans woman so then how am i then to stand next to you and hope that you're going to wish best for me when these are the same men that would that would jump me at a gas station in mass okay like let's keep it real like we have to start remembering that just because somebody look like you because they're your skin folk don't make them your kin folk. And I'm choosing to center my kin folk. Right. And we have to consider y'all why? Because we are in proximity with y'all asses and y'all shit affects us. So y'all it would be incumbent on y'all to get y'all shit together directly the same prison reform you want the same profiling that you go through affects black trans women and i'm specifically talking about us as black trans women because what happens when we get into the system we are not considered women and they are stripping us of our identities and our rights and we're lumped in this category and we're treated the same way we are also slave labor in the prisons we are also being harassed by police we're also being killed by police we're also being caught up in an unjust criminal system that is designed to favor the wealthy. So the idea that you think that you're alone in that is problematic. So I think we did an episode, sis. I think we did too. I think we did too. Thank you for all of our... Yes, I was going to say thank you for all of our listeners and those of you. I know this was a heavy conversation and a heavy time and, you know, no shade. 
we would be remiss if we did not cover this because I feel like that not too many people are going this much of a doing this much of a deep dive and going into the substantive needs of our community. And I feel like we've done that in this podcast. I also want to say that there, I know that we're the only black trans conversation that is going this deep into now I do want to say shout out to Marsha's plate shout out to some of these other um podcasts that have been covering this but particularly I'm proud of this conversation because I feel like we are able to we were able to really break down just why we should be concerned about these rich powerful black celebrities speaking for us right and there's nothing wrong with having a seat and taking direction from the leaders in the room. Nothing that, wrong with that. That part. Use use your wealth to build up grassroots movement. Or use your wealth to end some of these problems using your wealth. How about that? Right. And and we don't and we don't need to know that you did it. That part. How about how about let the legacy speak for you? How about in Compton we see you actually getting these homeless people a place to be? That actually would be a good use of your money. It would inspire more celebrities to support you. Maybe start a fund to end homelessness. How about that? And all of y'all rich asses put money in that. How about that? So we will see y'all next week. Um, before we go, thank you for tuning in to Box Number Five Twelve Podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. We appreciate all of your patronage and all of your support. Feel free to like, follow, and subscribe to us on all of our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And also, we want you to, we want you, if you would love to support a Black trans business, we ask that you go to our Anchor.fm page and click on the Donate tab and. Please, please donate whatever you can to support a Black trans business. We thank you for your time. And this has been another episode of Box Number 512 Podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. And I'm the Lioness. And I'm Aeon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Box Number 512 Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. Don't forget to go to our anchor page to become a monthly sponsor. And also feel free to like, follow, and subscribe to us on all of our social media platforms. And also, please don't forget to rate and review our podcast, Every Comment Matters. And lastly, please, please, please follow and tune in for our live interactive Facebook show every Friday on Facebook and YouTube. Until next time, I'm the Lioness. And I'm Aeon. Bye.